In Dick of the Week, we talk about dirty stuff and use dirty language. We're rated M for mature. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick. 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 Dick of the Week. Dick. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick. Dick. Dick of the Week. Give me that D. Okay, well, welcome to this week's Dick of the Week. Uh, It's a little bit different this time around because it's just me, Liz, um, but I have a special guest who is here from the D.C. area, Erin King. Say hello, Erin. Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Erin's a fellow podcaster and a fellow romance writer and romance reader. Do you want to Give us a lowdown on the podcast you're currently part of. Oh my god, how much time do we have? Um, Right? (laughs) So my primary one is called Unabashedly Obsessed, which I do with my friend James, who says hello, by the way. I know, he told me to also tell you hello. (laughs) Not sure why. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because it's James. It is James. That is a very James thing to do. Um, So that is one where just each week we do a deep dive into whatever our latest obsession or cool thing that we found is. I also do a weekly one called FMK All Day, where my friend Elizabeth and I play Fuck, Marry, Kill. Yep. We have a big old spreadsheet. We hit a random number generator, and we have to fuck, marry, kill whatever it tells us to. And it's hilarious, and it's, what, less than 15 minutes, typically? Yeah, Yeah, I think they typically come in around, like, 10 minutes long, so it's a real quick and easy thing to record and also to listen to. And it's hilarious. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, And then I'm also on Kids on Bikes, which is an actual play podcast. I play the character Cat, who is a field hockey star with very low brains roles. (laughs) She's very good at hitting things. She is not very bright. (laughs) And I I actually, I need to dive deeper into that one. I've listened to a little bit, but I haven't had a whole lot of chance recently to really get into the meat of that one so that's definitely on my list of things to listen to because I like I haven't listened to a whole lot of actual play things but I do find that enjoyable see it's interesting because I do one but I don't listen to them yeah like I like the adventure zone but and that's pretty much like the only thing I listen to yeah other than that I don't really listen to actual play podcasts I don't find them interesting for the most part which sounds like it's such a jackass thing to say since I'm on one (laughs) But I like to play the game. I just don't sure. want to listen to other people play the game. No, that makes sense. And I think it has to, like, even when the, the first episodes of The Adventure Zone, it was a little cumbersome, you know? Like, they were figuring it out. They didn't know their characters very well yet. Like, I think it's yeah. once it actually became more of almost an audio drama versus a play, yeah. or an actual play thing, that's when I, like, got sucked in. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's, that's, I think, the figuring out how to make it more of a fiction podcast versus a game podcast. Agreed. Well, one of the things that's nice about Kids on Bikes is that the game system doesn't have nearly as many rules as mm. D&D does. So it just feels more kind of laid back. And it's got sort of like a Stranger Things, Stephen King's It kind of vibe to it. So yeah. it's like it's a totally different – it's not really a fantasy world. It doesn't – you don't have all of the equipment and – you know, ridiculous roles and all of the rules upon rules upon rules that D&D has. So I think it's a little easier to play and easier to listen to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then you enjoy writing romance. I do. I don't have anything published because I don't have anything finished. 
Same, same. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. I really need to dive back into mine. I've been working on other projects instead. Yeah. And I need to get back to it, but that's okay. And then, and you, you typically do contemporary romance, right? Yeah. 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 And then in, in regards to reading romance, are you stick to a certain genre? I do I do more contemporary than historical. I'll dive into the occasional historical. Um, I had some Tessa Dare books that my husband had heard about, and so he bought them for me. And I mm-hmm. liked her. I like Courtney Milan. I like Julia Quinn. But I don't – like, I like the ones where it kind of – it's more of like a costume drama than anything, where the only yeah. – like, the, the only real reason that you can tell it's a period piece is because they describe the clothing – um, and, like, the whole thing isn't bogged down in, like, the history of the time. I think you would like Sarah McLean. Okay. I've heard of her. Yeah, I really I like her a lot. Uh, Tessa Dare was actually, like, who made me fall in love with it. Like, she was my first – she was actually, like, one of my first romance authors to begin with uh, a couple of years back. And then I just kind of took a big, huge nosedive into – the world of historical. I see. Yeah. I, yeah. The first, the first romances I ever read were historicals. Um, I pretty much got started with it with Julia Quinn, mm-hmm. but the I didn't realize that there was such a thing as contemporary until well after I had listened to like pretty much I, I either read or listened to the audiobook version of everything that Julia Quinn <laughs> had written, and then I discovered Jennifer Cruzy, and I was like, oh. This, because I, like, I, you really only, you see, like, the, the bodice rippers at the grocery store and stuff. Right. And that totally. was, totally and that was really all I knew about. So when I discovered. The Harlequins Jen- and the. Yes. And so yeah. when I discovered the contemporary stuff by Jennifer Cruzy, that, like, opened a huge gateway for me. Mm-hmm. But. The, yeah. The, the, it's like, oh, my God, a whole new world. I know. I know. The very <laughs> first romance novel I ever read, I got for 25 cents at a library book sale when I was, like, 11. And it was the back of the book pitched it as a Beauty and the Beast retelling. And it didn't have like a half naked man on the cover. (laughs) So it was called uh, The Silver Rose by Jane Feather. And I actually ended up finding a copy of it on Amazon not too long ago because I was like, I need to go back and actually reread this book. Because once I when I was like 11, I didn't read it for like the story i basically once i realized what it was i pretty much like post-it noted all of the sex scenes and that was like i mean that was like my sexual awakening was this stupid book i hid it under my mattress because i was like if my like my mom i mean she knew i had bought it at the library but it didn't look like a bodice ripper or anything at the time yeah so i don't think she realized what it was and once i realized what it was i hid it under my mattress and I'm sure she she must have found it at some point because I have no idea what happened to it. I'm sure I went away to college and completely forgot about it. And she probably found it stashed under my mattress at some point when I was With gone. all of your post-it notes bringing her exactly to those scenes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, my God. A little baby Aaron getting it off to romance novels. Exactly. Exactly. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, have you read anything good recently? Um, I've been in do- I've been on like a thriller kick recently, so it's been a while since I've dived into anything romance. But the most recent thing that I read was A Princess in Theory. I've been really wanting to read that. That one is really, really good. I listened to the audiobook of it, and I really liked the narrator. And then I got 
the audiobook of the second one from mm-hmm. my library. They've we like through the Hoopla app. I downloaded yeah. the second one and the hero in that one is Scottish. And the narrator, who was very good in the first one, can't do a Scottish accent. Oh, God. Yeah, that kills it. It was, it's, it's really rough. Like, I can't, I need to see if I can track down, I'm going to have to end up having to buy it. Because she's, the author's a very good storyteller. Yeah. But I just, I can't with the fake Scottish accent. I think, I don't remember who it was. It was either Mika um, or Christina described it as it sounds like someone is trying to it sounds like she's trying to be a jamaican leprechaun yes i remember I was, we the, the the four of us had this conversation yes. at one point and and then that led to us talking <laughs> talking about i love you man yes and when they're trying to do the the jamaican and he sounds just like a leprechaun yeah and that's basically yeah. exactly what this woman sounds like it's it's painful She's she's so it's very Paul Rudd trying to do a Jamaican accent, uh-huh. kind of sounding kind of Irish. Yep, yep, pretty much. <laughs> so, and then before that, I read the Kiss Quotient, which was I also listened to the audiobook of that, and that was very very good. Yeah, and you and I did that at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, it's good. it's been a while <laughs> for your <laughs> listeners who were like, "But didn't Liz talk about that back in like November?" Yes, yes, yes. I yes, read she the Kiss did. Quotient in November. <laughs> Oh, God, what have I been doing? Uh, Aaron always gets to hear about my complaining about books, but we don't do that on this show, so you don't get to hear that. Oh, literally today I finished reading Text Me Baby One More Time by Tegan Hunter, which is book four of her texting series. Um, It came out, God, three days ago, four days ago, a couple days ago. It's a brand new book, uh, the last one that she has for this series. And I've loved the entire series. Um, it's very fun. I love Tegan's sense of humor. She always had um, texting is always, uh, it's the texting series. So texting is always a big component in her books. Okay. Um, typically, the main characters meet or um, have like their big meet cute or whatever via some sort of texting okay. thing. Sometimes it's a mishap. Sometimes it's a wrong number. The first book was a wrong number. This one, it was... Um, her best friend and his best friend are dating, even though he lives, like, on the other side of the country um, and, like, when they're in high school. And so he gets their this girl's phone number to text her to be like, hey, AJ's planning to propose to Allie when we're seniors in high school, and that is fucking dumb. We need to stop this. Okay. And then that just develops to them just texting each other all the time, and then they fall in love via that texting and then it jumps to uh, post-college. They end up going to college together. Shit goes bad. And the book takes place post-college with flashbacks to senior year of high school and things throughout college. That sounds so cute. It is cute. It was good. I liked it a lot. Um, I My problem was anytime someone's like, oh, my God, this is my favorite of things, then I come in with, like, really, really high expectations. Yeah. So I kind of wish I hadn't seen those comments leading into it. I think so. I was like, oh, shit, this is even better than, like, my favorite one of this series. Fuck yeah. And I was like, I mean, it's really good. I love it. I'd probably, like, when I rate it on Goodreads or whatever, I'm still going to give it five stars. But I feel like because I saw that so often in her author group, I was expecting, like, to be massively blown away. And I was just like... Like, what I normally am with her blown away. Right. Like, so, like, right. it's still excellent. I still highly, highly recommend it. I still loved it. But 
I don't know if it's my favorite of the four, okay. but like I love all four of them. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's still excellent. I read one called Big Girl Panties by Stephanie. Oh God, Evanovich, Evanovich, uh, Ivanovich, uh, Ivanovich. We'll go with that. Yeah, um, is she related to Janet Ivanovich? They might be sisters. I think I saw that somewhere. Okay, maybe. Okay. I'm trying to think of like, because sometimes, sometimes I stock stuff on Goodreads before I, I start reading it. Because you know me, I yeah <laughs> end up finding duds more often than not. You really do. <laughs> why am I sad. cursed? <laughs> why am I cursed? So this one, I I enjoyed it. It was not like my favorite book I've read recently by any means, but it's about this woman is recently widowed, and she was already. A bigger woman before her husband died, but like since her husband's death had gained like tons and tons of weight. Okay. And uh ends up meeting this hottie McHotterson personal trainer on an airplane. And the two of them, like he uh, like he immediately is judging her, like when he sees her. And they end up like in conversation on their flight back to New York and getting along. And he's like, Hey, we actually live really close to each other. If you want, like I'm happy to train you. And so they start working out together and then, you know, fall in love. Okay. But <laughs> I enjoyed it. I end up every so often reading books that are about people who are losing weight. And then most of the time that means getting with the personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've listened to a couple audiobooks recently and haven't necessarily been in love with any of them. I tried a young adult slash new adult one one. The other day that Aaron got to hear me bitch about, um, <laughs> yeah, that- I ended up finish. I ended up finishing it because I got sucked in enough, and that's the thing. It's like okay, it wasn't so bad that I had to make myself stop, right? And then I decided to skip book two because it just didn't look any interest in me, and I was like, eh, I don't feel like trying to find anything else to r- listen to right now. So I started book three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a glutton for punishment oh man but there was a time jump so now they're in college and so i was like okay well maybe i can deal with these people better than like the high school drama stuff yeah same character. i don't know if i'm gonna finish it because so far there's a stalker already mm-hmm. and i'm like Ugh. same characters as the first one it's the first book's best friend and like so it's the main girl's best friend and the main girl's brother okay so it's a and i i do sometimes like the best friend brother sure kind of trope so i was like oh i'll give this a try and they're older now and barbara Burr, and i'm not sure i might give up but it was better <laughs> it was better than the the one i was gonna start i told you about uh i think earlier today that it was supposed to take place in scotland and so it's like awesome and then i looked at goodreads and it had like not even fully three stars I'm oh like, maybe yeah i'm no, not gonna do this. that one you know, speaking so. of the the best friend and sibling thing, it's not fully released yet, but we have both been reading the latest Mika Usher. Yes, and we talk about Mika a lot on this podcast. Yeah, you do. But um, yes, so uh, newly released on Radish, so you don't have to just hear me boast about this book anymore, dear listeners. You can actually start reading it yourself. But, uh, oh God, what's this one called? Make a move. Make a move. I think up to nine chapters or nine chapters on Radish now? I don't know. The first five are free right now. So definitely read those. And then if you are loving it, buy those coins and keep reading because it's totally worth it. But yeah, Aaron and I are both uh, 
beta readers for her, which is really fun. Yeah, so we get to read stuff a little bit early, a little before it releases. So, yeah. And just gush about it all day long. Nate is my boyfriend. I love him so much. Oh, my God. Nate is like, we need to have a whole episode about Cinnamon Roll Boys. Yeah, we do. We. I say <sighs> I say that like I'm a regular here. But, yes, you need to have a whole episode about Cinnamon Roll Boys. <laughs> Sorry, for a second I forgot this is not one of my regular podcasts. <laughs> I'm glad you're making yourself at home yeah, with us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a quick commercial break and then we will get on our topic, which, Erin, what is our topic this week? Fan fiction. Fan fiction! Yay. We listened, folks. A couple of you have asked us to do this. I've been wanting to do this topic for a while since Stephanie is on uh, maternity leave right now and Duchess doesn't really read or write fan fiction. So she was kind of like, eh, you you take the reins on this one. Uh, We are going to talk about fan fiction. Yeah, we are. But first, some messages from Calamity Cast. In the year 2100, the Earth's cybernetically enhanced population threatened to tear down everything America held dear. Free speech, drive-through liquor stores, and guns. So many guns. After much deliberation, it was decided that, if America and its superior values were to survive the coming robocalypse, there was only one option. Get the fuck out. The next hundred years saw the construction of Space America, the galaxy's newest and brightest star. If you value adventure, good times, and cyborg fistfights, find your place in Space America. Space America. No cyborgs need apply. And we are back. That was a great commercial break. Um, so now Aaron and I are going to talk about fan fiction. So fan fiction, or fanfic, is a fiction about characters or settings from an original work of fiction created by fans of that work rather than by its creator. Fans may maintain the creator's characters and setting or add their own. It is a popular form of fan labor, particularly since the advert of the internet. Personally, I was really obsessed with fan fiction starting around the age of like 13 okay, or so. 12, 13 is when I first started like hardcore reading it a lot. Um, I read a little bit of Harry Potter stuff. I read a whole bunch of uh, the Mediator series by Meg Cabot. I read and wrote fan fiction for that. And then later on in life, my main focus has been Phantom of the Opera fan fiction, which read and write, which I've been pretty bad at doing both of those things recently. <laughs> I'm so sorry, my few fans out there who will message me occasionally be like, so are you ever going to update? And you're like, eventually. Like, uh, I've got my I hands stop- in so many cookie jars right now. <laughs> it's like when I stop writing scripts and podcasting and trying to write original novels yeah (laughs) oh god i feel your pain (laughs) yeah and i love it i love it i I really do thoroughly enjoy it um like i love writing my own characters but there's just something about having those characters that are already fully flushed out Mm -hmm. and making them do what you want them to do well and it's always a really interesting exercise as a writer too to capture the voice of someone else's character. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's always fun. I had one of my readers message me the other day on AO3 and was like, "Are you going to are you going to update this? I I hope you are." And I was like, "I remember saying back in like 
no like I was gonna take November off from updating because it was nano yeah and then I think I just never got back to it so I see I said that last year for nano and ask me how many times I've updated since then so zero? I've been Is a it real zero? <laughs> oh god maybe once I'm not even sure I've been a real bad bad fan fiction writer <laughs> yeah I well so the my kind of on I've got a couple ongoing ones I have one for zombies run which is a like fitness game it's like a mobile game where you it kind of combines the idea of mobile gaming and audio drama into one thing. So like you listen to this kind of audio drama type story while you're running and you are mm-hmm. runner five for this township in the zombie apocalypse. And so I have a fan fiction going for that. But the one I've been working on more recently is for this mobile game called The Arcana. And it was supposed to just be a one shot. It was literally just porn without plot. And then <laughs> and so I posted it and everybody was like, oh my God, I need more. And I'm like... Of what? There's no more to, I have no more to give you. <laughs> they're just banging. They're, it's just sex. And they're like, but you need to write more. You need, and I was like, I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> so that's part of why I haven't updated that one is because I'm like, I don't know where to go with this. So, okay. How does that work? So it's about a game, but then it's just like people read on their computer or on their phone or whatever, like, or. Yeah. So the, the game, the Arcana is a sort of like choose choose the path you want to take type game where you get okay. you get these it, it's like a choose your own adventure type of thing where you've got these characters and it's kind of walking you through it almost graphic novel style and then you get to make a choice and okay. some of the choices are paid some are not paid like there are times when you just get to choose like yes or no like you know do, or, do you knock on the door yes or no and then there are other ones where you know do you do you kiss him or do you just hug him? And if you want the spicier version, you have to pay for it. And the whole thing is PG-13. Like, okay. the, the most that ever happens is some smooching. <laughs> not in my fan fiction. <laughs> oh, well, apparently not, not. Not in all the fan fiction. There is, there is very little fan fiction out there for the Arcana that is not just downright filthy so if you want some good old smut and lemons yes oh man <laughs> read this shit yes it's it's a very small but mighty fandom <laughs> we are That's we are hilarious. small and we are horny <laughs> <laughs> oh god i was looking at a uh, ao3 a little bit today because i've always used fanfiction.net for all of my fanfiction needs okay um I think that's just because back in the day, got in like 2002 or whenever, when I first started getting into all of it, that was like your main option. Right. Um, and it was also like the biggest, like it has a whole bunch of stuff on there. So I was like, oh, I'll look at, I know Aaron has talked about AO3, so I was looking at it today and I was like, oh, wow. Like it seems like there's a whole lot on there, but like you said, like the community is a lot smaller. Like I was looking at different things. I was like, there's, I'm sure like Harry Potter still has a bajillion options yes. on there. Yeah. But things that I know have a whole, like say Phantom of the Opera, which has a whole bunch of things on fanfic.net, didn't really have much at all on AO3. So it's kind of interesting to see like, like different websites having different things. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't looked, I don't know that I've ever been to fanfiction.net, maybe way back like in high school, but yeah. I'm a little bit older than you. So when we, like we got the internet when I was like a sophomore in high school. Okay. Like the first fan fiction I ever encountered was Newsies fan fiction. No. Yes, it was Newsies and it was 
the summer before I started high school, my dad was a teacher and he had brought us to the school while like over the summer he had to do some stuff in his classroom. And so he basically put me online and was like, here, this is the internet. You'll learn about it at some point. Do like, you know, probably, you know, I guess back then it like internet stalkers and scary people online wasn't a thing that people worried about as much because I don't know if there just wasn't as much of it or if my parents just didn't know about it but he was basically like this is the internet figure it out sure and I and then yahoo chat rooms became a thing and then I have never been in a chat room really that's how much older I am because by the time I started like by the time I like had the internet at my house and stuff like all my friends were on instant messenger and it and I didn't know we didn't have AOL. We had um AIM. Yeah, but we didn't have we like we weren't like AOL subscribers. We were Yeah, we weren't either. We were something else. And so we yeah, so we didn't have like the AOL chat rooms, or if we did, I didn't know how to get into them. Right. Like it just never even occurred to me to go into a chat room, so I've never been in one. The only reason like the Yahoo ones, um, I played some Yahoo games like poker or whatever thing like that mm-hmm. and like sometimes people would kind of try to interact with you and like most of the time it was kind of just like hey you want to play this game or whatever and and but yeah every so often you're like oh i'm gonna talk to this boy <laughs> like, <laughs> like real fucking dumb yeah shit you know but yeah, yeah yeah oh my god aim yeah aim was a big deal but i remember my dad just being like this is the internet have fun and so i i don't even remember it was probably yahoo was the search engine that I was using, but Probably. I typed in Newsies. Or Ask Jeeves. I remember Ask Jeeves dogpile. I remember dogpile. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I typed in Newsies and I definitely remember finding some fan fiction. That was the first time it occurred to me, like that I realized that, you know, you could write stories about the stories that you like. Mm-hmm. It had never occurred to me. I mean, like I, yeah. I guess, I guess I must have done it. Like when I was younger, I must have written stories that, would qualify now as fan fiction, but it, I wasn't consciously thinking of it that way. Right. But I don't remember if fanfiction.net was one of the sites that I went to or not, but I definitely, I never published any of my Newsies fan fiction, which means that there is no record of it because I had it on a three and a half floppy. Yes! And that <laughs> got destroyed at some point. I'm sure I just threw it away. It was on a three and a half floppy with a bunch of like school papers. And I just ch- so it probably held all of like five things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure I I'm sure I just chucked it at some point once I graduated college and didn't have a computer that could use that anymore. Oh my god! But yeah, I definitely remember the first fan fiction I ever wrote was about a girl named Melanie who time traveled back to 1899 New York. You really like time travel in your? Books. I really like time travel. I've always really <laughs> liked time travel. And yeah, so she was she was a modern girl living in, you know, the Victorian era. Oh um God. it was it was very bad. It was very bad. There's actually a term for that in fan fiction. That's called a Mary Sue. Yeah. A term credited to the um originating Star Trek fan fiction that has crossed over to mainstream. So ah, thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading over that earlier and I was like, huh. You are doing one of those things yep. that Wikipedia said. You, you're doing a Mary Sue. You basically put yourself in the story and give yourself another name. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. 
And then, I mean, let's be honest, I, most of the fan fiction I read, I always went straight for the mature stuff. I was like, all right, show me these characters banging. Yeah. And again, <laughs> I, I am, I am much newer to the world of fan fiction than you are. Like I've come into it in probably the past five to seven years that I've, oh, okay. like, I, I knew about it, but it wasn't anything that I ever really spent any time with until probably the past five years or so when I dove back into writing after not having written anything since college. Yeah. And then when, and I was like, you know, if I'm writing zombies run fan fiction, I bet somebody else is too. And, <laughs> and then you found your people. Yeah. And somebody else in on a forum in the fandom was like, you need to go get an AO3 account. And I was like, what is that? And so I signed up for one and yeah, there's a lot of, very very filthy fan fiction out there for pretty much any <laughs> fandom you could possibly want to join yep and then and then you know a lot of people like the um oh what's it called the slash yeah slash slash was a big thing which i feel like that was my first experience of ever reading like gay lovers yeah like same. reading things that were like that um because we at my house we had a computer room in our basement um and I typically, like, if I was on there too long, I would get kicked off the computer and told to go to my room and go to bed. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. So I would sometimes print off the chapters of whatever fan fiction I was reading at the time and, like, bring it upstairs with me. I probably wasted nice. so much paper. Yeah, but... But it made me happy. Yeah. Like, it was something I was reading. Yeah. But, oh, I, I went through a phase where I read a lot of Hunger Game fan fiction, too, whenever that came out. Oh, I bet that gets filthy, too. Yeah. I wonder if there's a fandom out there that doesn't have majority just like so, so dirty. Well, the thing with um, with fanfic.net, it shows you like, it has a rating system. And so it shows you like the general through like the teen Mm -hmm. rated stuff. And then you have to like click on the mature specifically to find that kind of thing. So like typically I would say there was more of the not- filthy like i'd say romance was still a very strong component sure. in the majority of fan fiction that i read at least or maybe that was just the stuff i was reading but there was always like a romance novel-esque feel to most of the fan fiction even it was things like harry potter it was like it was definitely about oh well harry and hermione are together or harry and draco or you know whoever right. this is a ron based story but, like, I feel like the relationships were always a huge focus yeah. and all of that. But then you had to you had to search specifically for the dirtier stuff. Yeah. Um, AO3, which, if, if listeners don't know, that's Archive of Our Own is the name of that website. We just yeah. call it – it's called AO3 for whatever reason. Um, well, because it's of, an A. Of our – A and then O3 of our Then there's of three O's. Own. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why – like, Archive of Our Own isn't that hard and long to say. So I don't know why it got shortened, but whatever. Um, but that one has your, you know, your general suitable for everybody, your teen, your mature, and then they have explicit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The explicit is just like, I mean, if porn, if you can think it, make it even dirtier than the, than the <laughs> dirtiest you can think of. And somebody's written it. That's hilarious. Yeah. And then Wattpad has a fan fiction part of it as well. Um, so I was actually like double dipping a little bit. I was like, oh, I'll put my Phantom of the Opera one on there. And I like, God, I probably have like 10 more chapters I can put on there. And I just stopped. I just like 
forgot. Oh. <laughs> I just kind of, like, forgot to keep posting. And I'm like, whoops. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard it's... to, like, when you're writing a serial like that, it's hard to keep up with it. Yeah. And so I started with my Phantom of the Opera. Um, that started actually as a senior seminar project for my undergrad. So at Truman, no matter what degree you were getting, what focus you were, you had to do a senior seminar project, which is kind of like your big thesis project or whatever. And as an English major, I had a couple options. The Even though creative writing was my main focus within my degree, I didn't like the professor that was teaching that specific class, so I took an adaptation class okay. instead. And we had the option to either pick a body of work and do research, a research, like a big, huge research paper on adaptations of it, or you could do pick a body of work and do a creative project, which you still had to do a whole bunch of research, and then write your own adaptation. Okay. I was like, well, of course I'm going to pick the creative one. Right. So that's when I started doing my Phantom of the Opera, and I did a fuck ton of research, like, oh my god, and decided I was going to do a modern adaptation of the Phantom of the Opera, which was really fun to kind of figure out, because I have him as a professor instead of being her secret music tutor. Okay. And she's an English major who's uh, a theater minor, and he's trying to pull her to be more focused on the theater aspect of it all. And then they start a secret love affair. Banging. But <laughs> they start banging. <laughs> well, I didn't include that part for my college presentation. Of course not. But, but I mean, it got there eventually. eventually. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. Because um, I kept working on it after college and have dabbled with it here and there through the past oh god however many years it's been since I've graduated eight eight years awesome I'm so glad I've been working on this thing for nine years and it's not complete that's great that's okay it's a work in progress anyway so you had said earlier today that you were going to go read some fan fiction in preparation for this did you end up doing that no (laughs) I was going to ask you what you were reading and I was going to ask you to give me links because I need some smutty stuff to read (laughs) I know, I was going to, and I, uh, since I was out sick of at work earlier in the week, and I've just been kind of playing catch up, yeah. and then we ended up getting off work early today because a snowstorm rolled through St. Louis again, and I went home and just kind of crawled in bed and watched Jane the Virgin for like four hours, <laughs> so. Well, if I may suggest a fan fiction for yes, anyone please. who wants something dirty, there is a Harry Potter one on Archive of Our Own called Petal for Petal. I've been really wanting to yeah, read this petal, one. Petal like flower petals, not like um, bike petals. Bike petal. It is, so it's a Harry Draco one where Harry's working as an Auror and Draco has, because of the events of the books, lost the family fortune and is doing sex work and like living hmm. in this super rundown apartment and he's got people after him so he and harry ends up running into him and is like you know what you you can't like you just got evicted i can't remember if he got evicted or if harry like took him back to his own apartment and he was like you can't stay here this place is horrible so he brings oh draco God. to his own house and the house um being the one that he got from that he inherited from Sirius that yeah. is of course just like magical as fuck and really really likes the house really really likes Draco and so it keeps doing things to push the two of them together it's so sweet 
it, it's it's finished, so it's not open ended like you know mine or yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's long, and it's like it's. I mean, it's dirty, but it's like sweetly dirty. Yeah, like it's really really good. It's one of the best fan fictions that I've read. That's awesome. I yeah, I've been. You've told me about it. Christina has told me about it. I've been really wanting to read that one. Yeah, that so was one that I was asking Christina for. Harry Potter fan fiction recommendations because I knew that there was one that she had really liked and it ended up being it wasn't actually a fan fiction as much as it was kind of a like a written account of like a LARP game oh yeah like they LARPed and then journaled their LARPing or something and so it was like Draco and Ginny was the love interest and so it's kind of like a weird bizarre Real play podcast, but yeah, written. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it was called Triumvirate. I think is maybe what it was called, and I feel like it was maybe even hosted on like Live Journal. But oh my, God. I knew. So I knew that she had had that that she was really into. And when I was asking her about it, she she got on Ao3 and started reading stuff and started sending me links. And so she found Pedal for Pedal. She's like, you need to read this one. This one's very good. And it really well, is. We'll definitely link that in the episode notes. Yeah, there's another one that I am reading that's not finished yet. It's called Sucker. And the concept of it is that every ho- every Hogwarts house has one of, one of the boys is designated at, like, they basically draw straws. They do a lottery to see who has to be the, like, blowjob guy for the house and, like, give, blo- give blowjobs to all of the other guys. What? Yes. It is wild it's so weird it's so weird what like how do you come up with that i don't know but the thing is it's not bad i mean it's certainly not the best thing i've ever read but like harry ends up drawing the short straw (laughs) and then draco ends up finagling his way into being the sucker because not only does he like doing that but he also it gives him an advantage over the other guys because the way he finagles his way into it is i guess there were a couple of the guys who were trying to because the way slytherin does it is they get favors for agreeing to be the sucker and draco basically said if i get one favor from each of you i'll do it and so he was going to use those favors very strategically to get something that he needed i don't remember what Whereas in Gryffindor, they just literally draw straws, and whoever draws a short straw has to suck cock for the whole year. <laughs> Why is this a rule at Hogwarts? I don't know. Do the girls get in on this? Or I don't like, know. Do the girls get any action at I all? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, my God. To my, I can't remember if it was briefly touched on and, like, Ron and Harry were asking Hermione about it. I feel like there was maybe a scene where they were asking Hermione, but I can't remember... If she said, yeah, that's a thing with the girls, too. Or if she said, no, ew, what are you talking about? That's so weird. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, um, the random things. And, and 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 I'm assuming that this is, like, actual Hogwarts, like, they start at 12 years old, right? I like, feel like this was maybe... Or was this, like, the, for only, like, se- seventh years No, because the Weasley or, like, twins were definitely in it. I think it was, like, the last year that the Weasleys were there. So, book five... So they'd have been like 15, 14 or 15. Okay. 
And then, oh, God, that, oh, God. Like, sometimes when I think about, like, reading things like that, I'm like, oh, I feel really pervy because these are underage I know. Kids. I just, in, in my head, I don't let myself think about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, do, like, is it required to have your dick sucked? Or, like, I, is it, like, today I would like this, please, and you must do it? I think that based... Is everyone at Hogwarts just gay? I think pretty, in, in this version, I think that's kind of how it is. Like... It's more, it's not even that everyone's gay. It's more that everyone is using this as like attention release. And it's just okay. accepted that if you want your dick sucked, you have to let Harry do it. And you don't have to, like you don't have to take him up on it. But if you want your dick sucked, he has to do it. He can't tell you no. Huh. So, and of course in in <laughs> in this and any of the other similar types of things where you know harry ends up exploring his sexuality it always ends up that harry is gay or bi and so it's never like he's being forced into something he doesn't want he's enjoying enjoying it it, which makes it less i i I don't want to read something about 14 year old harry potter being forced to suck Uh, dick and not liking it uh, that's just too squicky for me yeah no but oh my god yeah wow it's very it's very special I mean, that, that is something to be said about fan fiction. Like, people really like their queer fan yeah. fiction. Like, I feel like sexuality, no matter which way you go, is very open in fan fiction. Well, and I feel like it's it makes it a lot more accessible, too. Because, like, I like reading male-male romances. But they're mm-hmm. I feel like they're hard to find. Or at least... Good good I, ones are hard to find. I was to say, I haven't dived into that world a whole lot. I would like to, but I feel like the few I have, like, found on, like, Kindle Unlimited, so I'm like, oh, cool, I don't have to pay for this, I'll try it, are either so poorly written or, like, just awkward that I'm like, uh, no, like, this is definitely more on the porny side of romance yeah. than a good romance story that happens to have male male. Yeah. There was... A couple years ago, a friend and I were trying to find some good ones. And because there was a book that we that this whole group of us read called Backstage Pass, which I think I've mentioned to you before. And in this... That just sounds like a whole lot of anal play. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> like, the ultimate, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, climactic scene is a... <sighs> dp threesome and so we but it was like it was a really hot scene and my friend laura and i were like okay we want to find more stuff that explores two dudes in bed whether it's a threesome situation or just two gay men or whatever like we'd like to find some more stuff that's actually well written and so we just started trying to find it and we could not find anything we found one thing that looked promising but it turned out to be about a massage therapist and one of his clients who was Mormon and didn't want to act on his desires because of his religion. And so there was like this whole, like you didn't end up getting any really good smut because of that. And also there was like this whole religious element to the story that I was like, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just here for the banging. I don't, and that's not happening. So that was, that was kind of a disappointing one. It was well-written, but it wasn't, what I was led to believe what you were looking that it for. would be from the description. Yeah, if oh, if man. any listeners have good suggestions for, like, well-written male-male romance. Yeah, throw it yeah. at us. Let everybody know, and then Liz will tell me what it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I feel like we can't talk about fan fiction without talking about the Fifty Shades of Grey books. Of course. So, I mean, I feel like everyone and their mother at this point knows that the Fifty Shades of Grey books started as fan fiction for Twilight. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's just a very well, like, she doesn't try to hide that, I don't feel no, like. No, she's like, been pretty open about it. But there, like, there seems to be a whole drama behind it all that I, like, was not aware about until the post for her new book, The Mister. Yeah. Was in that Facebook group we're in. And I was just like, wait, what? What is happening here? <laughs> like, yeah, it's... Do you know any of, like, the drama that went down? I don't really. I know that there are a lot of writers who don't like or approve of fan fiction sure um like diana gabaldon is very opposed to the idea of fan fiction Um, yeah like she's gone on record saying if you want to write create your own characters don't steal mine um she doesn't like when her when jamie and john gray end up being shipped and what like i don't know i'm like you just let like let people have fun like, nobody's trying to make money off of your intellectual property. Just let them have fun. I mean... Yeah, I know Anne Rice is also super yeah. against it. And again, she's one that has, like, there's a pretty big fandom with lots and lots of fan fiction out there for it. But yeah, yeah. I don't know specifically what the deal is that E.L. James got so much backlash for, other than the fact that, like, her books aren't very good. Right. This looks kind of like... Okay, if that fan fiction got a book deal, like, what the fuck am I right. doing? Like- I mean, like, I, I will say, I read them when they first came out, and I did enjoy them. I recognized yeah. that they were not good, but it was yeah, some, it was too. something that I had not found in mainstream media yeah. before. She did something that was different that really opened the eyes to a whole lot of people. Yeah. Not necessarily in the best way possible, right? but... Well, and it also opened up enough conversation that when I was talking to friends about these books, they were like, oh, well, if you like that, then you should read this other series that I know of. And I'm like, how did you find this series about a BDSM club in the middle of nowhere? And they're like, I've been reading these for years. I'm like, I didn't know these books existed. Like that type yeah, of book, because I, I think no I think. Well, you know, like, romance already, like, I feel like people hide the fact that they love it as much as they do, which is why I, like, try to be loud and proud about it now. I'm like, I'm not ashamed, and I will talk about it, obviously. Um, But I feel like then within the romance, and there's the subgenres that still, it's like, oh, but, like, you know, I really like this thing, you know? And even though romance popular at that point when these books came out, the fact that they were a bit more explicit Mm -hmm. and about a whole, you know, world that most people in their everyday life don't know anything about. (laughs) Including E.L. James. (laughs) Which is a whole other can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, not to throw shade, but... Yeah. 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 Oh, God. I mean, like, when you read books about that world that are written by people who are a part of that lifestyle or at least well more yeah or have at least like dabbled in it like i mean 50 shades of gray was kind of groundbreaking for what it was but it was not you know a necktie and a blindfold is not particularly kinky in the the grand scheme there there were certain scenes where there was more than that happening yeah well like he had his whole room but she didn't go into a lot of 
detail on any of that stuff because I don't think she knew enough about it. I think she must have Googled BDSM toys and just basically kind of listed them off. I don't think, but like, I think Anna being so new to sex in general. Right. She was a virgin. Yeah. Like, that's a good excuse for the author to not have to take things too far. But yeah, I just... I don't know. I appreciate what she did for the genre. I appreciate what she did for both the romance genre and also erotica and also fan fiction. Like, I mean, she did a lot for all of those different worlds, but I just wish she had, you know, talent. Done it better. (laughs) Yeah, I wish that she was just a better writer. But also, like, let's be fair, Twilight's not exactly the most well-written thing either. I read the first one and had to force myself to finish it, and I had no interest in the rest of them. I don't think there are any other books that I can think of, at least, that have done what Fifty Shades of Grey did, like taking fan fiction and turning it into something new and publishing it. I can't think of another, like, I know that she was, like, the first big one. I know there was some drama at one point about the Mortal Instruments series by Cassandra Clare, being possible, like a possible fan fiction turned ripoff of a Sherilyn Kenyon series. I think hmm. Cassandra Clare had published a bunch of fan fiction on fanfiction.net. I, re- I read this a while back, so I'm fuzzy on the details, but she had published some fan fiction on fanfiction.net that I think was for a Sherilyn Kenyon series that used the term Shadow Hunter. And when she ended up publishing her Mortal Instruments series, Sherilyn Kenyon sued her for use of the term Shadow Hunter and like stealing her intellectual property and stuff. But I don't know that the Mortal Instrument books were actually fan fiction as much as had some of the same themes and some of the same terminology. Okay. Yeah, that's tricky. Anna Todd, who I don't know who that is, but she had a 2013 fan fiction called After, which is about the band One Direction, and that secured a book and a movie deal where they renamed the characters in 2014. So Did the movie come out? I don't know, because I don't know what that is. I need to look into that more. But yeah, that's the one thing about fan fiction that freaks me out are the ones that are about real people. And I know that's a popular, especially among younger people, that's a really popular genre of fan fiction. Yeah. Like the real life people stuff. I'm like, okay, that's creepy. We're not going to pretend that you're sleeping with this band member. Like Like, I can understand the appeal of writing fan fiction about a celebrity that you like. But for me, that would be something that I would write for myself and I would not publish it. No. But I don't know. That's that's just me. I find the idea of fictionalizing a real person to be a little like that there that's that's towing a line a bit. Yeah, me. I agree. I know that that more than taking someone's work seems to be crossing the line to me. Agreed. Like, these are real people versus like, oh I'm just stealing your fictional characters right. and reworking them. Right. I don't know. If I'm ever an awesomely famous published author, I don't give a fuck if someone I would writes fan love fiction it about if my stuff. somebody would write fan Honestly, about my I stuff. would be so flattered. Yeah. Like if someone cared enough to take my characters and do their own thing mm-hmm. with it, like heck yeah. I've made yeah, it. Yeah, especially <laughs> if they want to do like an alternate universe kind of thing. Like I love uh mod- like modernized adaptations of things where even mm-hmm. if it's you know, if the original work is in the modern world, but like dropping the characters into 
normal everyday scenarios. Yeah. Like clueless. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That exactly like that. But that that was a case of there were, you know, peer it like it was based on a period piece. But like if you were going to do clueless fan fiction where they are, you know, it's 10 years later and they're grown up and have jobs. Like mm. that kind mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I just find it fascinating the the ways or like yeah. the so uh, Zombies Run that I mentioned earlier. There are a lot of fan fictions out there where instead of being in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, they're all like on the track team at a high school or you know, <laughs> they go to college together um, or they all work together at the bar or whatever. And I just, I find... Are zombies still a part of it no. or is it more about the relationships It's about the, the relationships of the people, which honestly the game as the, there's like, there, I think they've wrapped up season seven. Um, the zombies are no longer, like, like with most zombie apocalypse series, it gets to a point where the main threat is no longer the zombies. It's the other survivors. Yeah. And and that's, like, zombies were the main threat in season one. Season two, they found somebody else. Like, the zombies are always a threat because they will always kill you. But by by the time you've been doing this for seven years, you've kind of learned how to get away from the zombies effectively. But yeah, a lot of these AUs don't actually have zombies in them. It's just the characters. There's one that I read that I love. Alternate universe for those of you oh, who don't know what yeah, AU sorry. means. Um, yeah, alternate universe. There's one that I read that I love where the... And, and it's interesting too because the main character of Runner 5 is whoever the player is. Like there's not... Like, because you, as the person playing the game, are Runner 5, there is no canon for that character. Okay. So, but in this particular one that I that I really liked, the main character of 5 goes to a sex club for a bachelorette party. And in this club, it was, it's not like a strip club, it's like a sex club. Like, you get a private room and have sex with the person that you've booked it was like a combination of stripping and prostitution kind of thing and I have no idea if clubs like that actually exist and neither did the author they put a note in they were like I don't know if I made this up or if it actually exists but for the purposes of this story it exists and so the sounds like something you'd find in like Amsterdam exactly (laughs) and she (laughs) ends up in a room with Sam who is the cinnamon roll radio operator in Zombies Run who a lot of players ship with Runner 5 and then they end up it turns out that they also go to the same college and so she helps him like pass his math class and it was just very sweet and there were no zombies, but the characters were very, you know, they're written in a way that, yeah, Sam sounds like Sam. And Maxine sounds like Maxine. And it's, I like it. I like those AUs that, you know, kind of take the original thing and then just tilt it a little bit. So any uh, any final thoughts on fan fiction? I love it. I love to read it. I love to write it. If you have good recommendations for any, like, I don't even care. I don't really even care what fandom it is. If it's sexy, I'll read it. <laughs> i feel like that should be the tagline to the show oh that's the title for if this it's episode sexy, if it's it. sexy yep. i'll read it <laughs> done <laughs> awesome yeah no i agree i i forget about it a whole bunch like it's been a huge part of my life for so long of my life but i i forget sometimes when i'm trying to find something to read that i can always fall back yeah. on that kind of fun to think about it again well do you want to tell people how they can find your shows sure we are in um all of the podcatchers that you might be using unabashedly obsessed 
Kids on Bikes and FMK All Day are, yeah, they're yeah. on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Some of them are on Spotify. I don't think FMK on All Day is on Spotify because that one is up to me to get all that stuff set up and I don't think I've done it. <laughs> it might be. I don't remember. I did a lot of stuff at the very beginning and it all blurred together. And then all three of them have their own yep. Twitters. Yep, correct. Um, unabashedly Obsessed is at UFO Podcast where you decide what the F stands for. Kids on Bikes is kids at kids underscore bikes and FMK is at FMK all day pod. And yeah. I'm on Twitter at unabashedly Aaron. Yes. Yes. I feel like listeners of this will definitely like the Fuck Mary Kill podcast. It's fun. <laughs> and like and it's kind of no holds barred too. Like if you're gonna kill somebody, we we make each other say how we're gonna kill them. If we're gonna fuck somebody, we make like we have to say, like, how are you gonna fuck them? Like give us give us the dirty <laughs> details. We want to know. And and then the way you guys play, uh, if you're married, you get to have vanilla yeah. sex, right? Yeah. I think okay. we decided that once a year you can like turn the lights on or switch up the position or something. Like on your anniversary, you can <laughs> switch it up a little bit. But every other night of the year, it's missionary with the lights off. <laughs> Well, uh, we always end the episode with me reading a horrible pickup line. Oh, so no. I thought, since we are both English majors, that I would do a literary oh, pickup yes, line. Oh, yes, please do. So let's see. There's some really funny uh, gifts happening with these. Um, okay, pick a number between 1 and 17. 17. Hey, Erin. Uh-huh. Want to go find us a room of one's own? Yes. <laughs> I had to stop and process that one for a second. I was like, what does that even mean? That's I, that's a little too highbrow for 10.30 at I night know. on a Friday. <laughs> I know. What's, I was like, I have not read that book. What's number five? <laughs> that was my second choice number. Number five? Number five. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's no wonder Big Brother's watching you. On a scale of one to ten, you're 1984. Nice. You should use that one instead. That's much better. <laughs> Sometimes we'll have multiple in an episode because my first one will flop. <laughs> oh, yeah. The first one was, it wasn't your fault. I picked a bad number. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our first ever long distance yeah, guest. Yeah, thank you for hope having me. I really hope the audio works. I'm very nervous. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> And listeners, we'll be back in two weeks with some topic that has yet to be determined. So get excited. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you. So contact us at lnlsmutcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at lnlsmutcast. Find episodes of this and other great shows at calamitycast.com or wherever you find your podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Dick of the Week. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs>